0: This is Preps KC's Football Friday Night. Preps KC's Football Friday Night is brought to you by REMAX, Comcast Xfinity, Price Chopper, BeUnion.com, the Sports Medicine and Performance Center at the University of Kansas Health System, Dick Sporting Goods, and the deepest Squally Moore Law Firm. Here's your host, Deion Clisso, and the coach, Harold Womsgans.
1: Welcome to Week 15 of Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. Like the man said, I am your host, Dion Clisso joined as always by the coach Harold Wamsgans and coach. This is our post championship week for Kansas and Missouri Class Six and our championship week for Missouri's Class One through Five. We have two games on the Missouri side this weekend. Class One featuring Adrian and East Buchanan, both Metro teams or uh, teams in the prep's KC coverage area, playing for state championship, which is exciting. And Fort Osage back in the state championship game again. That program continually putting itself in position to try and win titles. Uh, so that's what we have this week. But last week, we had state championships, we went two for three, thought we maybe we're going to have a chance to go three for three, but uh, a fun weekend of football all the way around, Coach. And in Class 6, both on the Kansas side and the Missouri side, both Class
2: 6 games went overtime. Amazing. Yeah, and,
1: amazing, and, and and both Gardner Richardson against Manhattan, they lost in double overtime, uh, 21-20. They went for two at the end um, in a similar call that they made when Dustin Laney was head coach <laughs> At, uh Shawty Mission East and they beat Olathe north in a, in a in a game uh in a playoff game and then missed field goal in the regulation sent uh, Lisa Summit North into a overtime where they lost 35 28 to CBC but uh, very close to you know four titles last week and um of course Mission mu and, and uh, Mill Valley they won state championships last week
2: and both those schools lead some of North and gardner and That was the first time they've ever been in a state championship game for either and school. A big,
1: right? Yeah, in a big class. Uh, gardner had been in the 5A game. Right. Yeah, it had been in the 5A game in 2009 when Bubba Starling was a junior. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely um, uncharted territory for uh, for both those programs in a sense. All right, let's give you a rundown of our show this week. This is our Kansas Hour. Uh, pretty basic here, Coach. Uh, we'll, we'll recap last week's games here in our first segment and uh, talk a little bit about – Simone Awards uh, that, that are going on as we speak. And then our next segment, we're going to talk with one guy, John Holmes, won a state championship for 4A. Third segment, we're going to talk with one guy, Joel Appleby, won a state championship uh, this weekend. Then we'll close it out with Ryan Wallace. When we get our Missouri Hour, we're going to talk with East Buchanan coach Daniel Ritter and Adrian coach uh, Matt Davis. They've uh, got the state championship game on Saturday at 3 o'clock in the Class 1. Uh, we'll also talk with Cole Young, get his thoughts on uh, the other classes. Uh, that played last week, and of course, Adrian Game is an Adrian guy. Uh, he'll have some thoughts on that, and we'll talk with Florida Sage Coach Brock Bolt as he gets ready for Friday night's Class Five game with Francis Howell, and then we'll close things out like we always do with our own Andy Meyer and do our picks with the pros. Well, Coach, let's start in uh, 6A, and and we'll go in depth with some of these games too. With you know, as we go down, but what what does that say about Garden Reddington to to be a team that maybe wasn't they weren't on people's radar? Um, as the season went on, but they really played well. They turned the ball over a little bit, which kind of kept Manhattan in that game, but they fought all the way right down to the end, uh, and Coach Owen and his staff did a fantastic job.
2: You know what? I think they did a great job throughout the entire season. They had some bumps in the road and some adversity, and they were able to overcome those things, and I think they've got their offense where they want it to be, and they're going to be a factor in 2023.
1: I, I think they will. There's a lot of juniors on that team, and I think what what to me watching that game uh, showed me that you know the west side of the state, which had been dominant for so long with Derby, uh, and then Manhattan kind of took that mantle this year undefeated. I think the east side of the state, uh, you know, is maybe kind of stepping back up and getting back in position in 6A to really do some good things. I think you know you got always have a Latham North, um, you have a school like Gardner-Edgerton now. You see what Olathe West is doing. Olathe Northwest had a great year this year. Olathe South with Coach Litchfield. You know, um, Lawrence and Free State both go to the the West, uh, but, they you know, they could be a factor over there. So I think the Kansas City Metro is well represented in 6A football, Coach. Without a doubt. Look at 5A, um, that defense. Uh, we're going to talk with Coach Appleby about that. But the offense played really well for, for Mill Valley this week, and uh, they really went and had a really complete performance against a very good team and a very good player in Avery Johnson. mays uh i was just impressed with them as as an entire program to win four in a row it just i mean it's not easy um it's not it's not an easy thing to do and they could be on a run of um they could be on a run for a while they've got a lot of good players on this you know
2: what mill valley has now won six state championships in the Reps KC era,
1: right? Yeah, six and eight years. I mean, and yeah. that's <laughs> and I
2: think Miege, Miege has won seven and
1: seven and nine. Yeah. That's yeah. the yeah, the dominant teams there uh on that side of the state line. And uh hats off to them. And then Bishop Miege goes and plays a really good Wemigo team. If you don't know where Omigo is or if you haven't heard of Wemigo before, get to know him. Weston Moody, their coach, outstanding job. I was really impressed with him when I talked with him last week. they are not in the. We're going to whine about the privates in our in our classification group. Uh, they are in the. We want to beat the privates. We want to beat whoever is a comer. They two platoon. They've got players. They're going to have more players. They're just outside of Manhattan. It's kind of a nice place to go and live if you don't want to live in Manhattan. And I've heard varying. I don't know that much about Manhattan. I don't want to disparage the city, but I've heard that maybe Wamigo is a nicer place to live than Manhattan. <laughs> so no, it's uh It's definitely a program on the rise. Well,
2: quarterback Mac Armstrong sure stepped up and played a great state championship game, put a really final crown to
1: his great career at Bishop Miege. Yes, no doubt. All right, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Simone Awards. The ballot was introduced last week. We talked about that. And then Sunday, the finalists were announced. And uh, let's start uh, with the awards that have already been given out on, on Monday. The Otis Taylor Award was given out. What a great group. Isaiah Coppedge from Bishop Miege won that award. He was a finalist along with Lorenzo Fenner from Fort Osage uh Jane riddell from raymore peculiar and josh manning uh from lee summit what a great group the, the the 10 on that ballot were fantastic coach the finalists were outstanding that's that's four pretty big time players right there in that group
2: having had an opportunity to see three of those four finalists i think the thing that stands out about them is not only were they great receivers but they were great blockers in the run game for their school
1: yeah, and that and that's where that's where you make your money, <laughs> and that's when you're when you're a complete player is when you're blocking downfield and doing those things. Uh, and then on Tuesday on on KSHB 41, uh, the Bobby Bell Award was announced, and Derak Tafak from Center was the winner. Uh, the finalist in that included uh, Camden Beebe, um, and so that was a good win for him uh, in that group. And and I I'll tell you. It's it's really impressive to see um, what center has done and and to see that group, uh, you know, come through and get get things going. Also in the bell was uh, Braden Bush from Pleasant Hill, uh, Dawson Strickland from Smithville. So a really good group. There only one junior in that group as well, Braden Bush, coach.
2: And the thing about that group is they're all four of those gentlemen. Their motor runs full speed the entire game.
1: Then on Wednesday night, if you're listening to this online, we'll be online on Thursday uh, before they hand out the Buchanan. Wednesday night, uh, the uh, Frank Fontana Award was handed out. The finalists were Mac Armstrong from Bishop Sean Carroll from St. Thomas, Galinas, Andrew Hedgecourt from Smithville and Joseph Bick from center. And the winner was Mac Armstrong. And you said the guy completed 75% of his passes was so accurate all season long and led that team to a state championship.
2: All four of those guys could play for anybody in the Metro.
1: <laughs> yes, they could. Doesn't matter what size school. Uh, and then your finalist from the Buck Buchanan Award, P.J. out of from North Kansas City, the li- defensive lineman, Caden Green, the offensive lineman from Leeson North, Edric Hill, the other defensive lineman from North Kansas City, and Melvin Laster, the defending defending as a junior uh, Buchanan Award winner from last year, Coach. Uh, that's a good group. He's a
2: highly motivated, and he plays on the downhill run when he's playing linebacker. That's for sure.
1: And then on S- Tuesday of next week at the Winters High School, a group, these four a pleasure will come from these four players for the Simone Award, Kendrick Bell, um, senior quarterback from Park Hill, Caden Green, the offensive lineman, offensive lineman is a finalist for the Simone Award uh, from Lee Summit North, Malik Oatis, the outstanding running back from uh Shady Mission Northwest, and Sam Van Dyne, the quarterback who was a finalist last year for the Simone Award from Liberty North. Uh, that's a really good group, too. And a wide open year coach, and you see an offensive line get in the in the in the final four.
2: And we've not had very many Simone winners be offensive linemen,
1: have just we? the one, just Mr. Bame. He's the only guy, and uh, did a great podcast with him about a month ago. And uh, in fact, I, I need to get in touch with him and see if he's going to be in town. He said he would come to the uh ceremony if he was going to be in town. He's uh, you know finishing up his NFL playing career, and uh, hats off to him. He's the only lineman, he was a two time Canada Award winner and the only lineman back in 2011 to win the Simone Award. Okay, we're going to dive into these state championship games. When we come back. We're going to talk with Bishop age coach John Holmes and see if seven feels any different than the first six, uh, and and talk about his group and what they accomplish this year. This is the Prep's KC's football Friday night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group.
4: Hi, it's Brett Saberhagen, and I'm proud of my baseball career. I've been very fortunate to receive many accolades, including being named to the all-star team three times. When you need to sell a home, you want the best. That's the RE-MAX agent. Real estate all-stars that put in the time, have the dedication, and hustle to take you from for sale to sold. That's RE-MAX. And don't worry, they've done this a million times. Start your search today with the RE-MAX app, each office independently owned and operated choice of a lawyer
1: is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.
3: I'm attorney Mike DiBasquale. After a car wreck, the last thing you want to do is trust the insurance company. These insurance companies try to rip off good people every single day. My law firm won't let you get ripped off. We'll fight to get you all the money you deserve, and you don't pay us a dime unless we win your case. If you've been hurt, call me. I've got this. Mike's got this. All you need to know. 816 7500 Mike's got this.
1: Welcome back to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. I'm your host, Dion Clisso, joined as always by the coach, Harold Wamsgans, that a program like this wouldn't be possible without a great partner like the University of Kansas Health System, Sports Medicine and Performance Center. Every day, there's an orthopedic same-day care clinic at the Indian Creek Campus at I-435 and Nall, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Patients with acute orthopedic injuries like sprains, strains and fractures can walk in and see an orthopedic expert without an appointment. Injuries can happen in everyday life or playing sports. All right, let's go ahead and get back in the football and bring in our first state championship coach and uh, coach John Holmes. And, and, uh, coach, good run for you guys this year. And before he came on the air, we were talking about your opponent, Wamingo, in the state championship game. And, uh, I got to talk to coach Moody last week and get to know him a little bit. That is a program on the rise. Um, and, and they really are all about being prepared to play whoever they have to play in that state championship game.
6: Yeah. You know what I mean? We, knew that early. Um, you know, with the first quarter, it was zero zero in the first quarter and, you know, traded some turnovers and, um, you know, they had a great game plan. Uh, they were prepared to play us on, you know, all three phases of the game. And, um, you know, that's what made this one pretty sweet to get, cause we knew it was going to be a really good team and a team that was going to be ready to play us. And that was very evident when that game started. Coach,
2: what impressed you about their athletes in that game?
6: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I think they were really, really physical. Um, you know, even up front on the O line, um, you know, they were getting after us a little bit early in that game. And uh, you know, obviously, the quarterback slash running back, you know, uh, um, makes a big difference. Um, and, you know, and he's a very physical runner. And I think lucky for us, you know, we had seen some big physical running backs this year, so <laughs> our guys were able to kind of hang on to that a little bit and 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 you know, watch the film the next day. He got us good a couple of times, but, you know, our guys were able to bring him down and that was really big for us. And, uh, you know, defensively for them, they were very, very physical. They tackled extremely well. Um, You know, we got the ball in space a couple of times and felt like we were going to get more out of it. But those guys brought us down right away and, um, you know, had to hit some double moves there in the third quarter, which was really big for us to kind of loosen that game up.
1: Well, well, tell me this. You talk about physical running backs. You guys did. I mean, you saw Stubblefield at the end of the season when he was healthy again. You saw Sean Carroll twice there in the last you know, five, six weeks of the season. Uh, what does that do for a defense? Can it can it send a defense the wrong direction? It seemed to do OK for you guys. But seeing some some backs like that, and of course, the Wamego guy, uh, the quarterback as well, that that had to get you at least mindset wise in the right spot.
6: Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the frustrating thing is, is you kind of look at it. I think we had five different backs this year that that uh, rushed for over 200 yards in a game against us. And, you know, you throw Aiden Ryan at Rockerson into that mix, too, because that was the other one. And, you know, Carroll and Stubblefield and, uh, you know, Lyles that, uh, did it as well. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, we saw some really, really good rushing attacks. So, um, you know, that, that All week long when we prepped, you know, we knew that this was going to be that style of game with the way he ran the ball because, you know, they put him back deep in the backfield. They get it to him downhill. And when you get a 200 plus pound guy that can run the way he runs downhill, it's going to be hard to chop him down. And, um, you know, early in the game, we struggled with it a little bit, bit, but then we were able to get him down, um, you know, kind of kind of when we needed, especially late in that third quarter when, you know, they were driving and we stopped him on the goal line a couple of times.
2: Coach, staying on the subject of running backs, you need to talk about your running backs in the game. I know you were out without your number one guy, and you're, you have to really be proud of how those other two guys stepped up.
6: Yeah, you know, that was obviously kind of a big question mark for us. You know, Dre got hurt uh, in the semis, and we weren't exactly sure how hurt he was going to be. And as the week went on, it looked like he was not going to be able to play. So uh, David Garcia, who had been our starter, got banged up earlier in the year uh, was going to get the bulk of the carries. Um, and then, you know, our, our second back, Charlie Vossen, Charlie was a, uh, third string safety to start the year and, and kind of, we saw the way he played. We saw how, you know, how, how how physical he was and moved him over to running back about halfway through the year. And he had to come in and get some big carries. I think he had four carries in the game. Um, you know, and they were all kind of big plays and, you know, David, you know, was able to seal the game there late for us with a big run. Um, you know, and that's, that's what was so good is, you know, David was able to stay healthy. Um, I think it took him six weeks to get over his ankle injury. So, um, but to have him ready to go, you know, is a huge compliment to David because it's not always easy seeing another guy get to carries, um, you know, but David kept a great attitude about it. And, you know, when his number was called, he was able to make plays.
1: Now, <clears throat> offensively, you know, your, your running backs did a great job. Uh, Mac had another outstanding game and, uh, it spread it around everybody. I mean, Isaiah wasn't the leading receiver this time. And even though he's cut, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit more here in a minute, but, uh, um, you guys really just, your DNA was the same, even though it was scoreless for a long time in the first quarter.
6: Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what we had to do. You know, we felt like we missed a couple shots early. Um, you know, but, you know, we stuck with it. Dagan Jensen had a big catch. Um, Taron Jackson obviously had the biggest catch of the game on that 93-yarder, uh, but he had missed one earlier in the game as well. And you know, Tommy Wright had a huge catch to set up our uh, first touchdown, and we felt like we were going to have to do that because they put all the attention on Isaiah. That's where the safety was going the whole game. Um, so Mac had to read the coverage, and then our guys had to find the open spots in the zone, and they were able to do that.
2: Coach, talk about your defense in the second half. I believe you shut them out in the second half, and they scored their only 14 points in the first half. You guys must have had some adjustments or and or played well.
6: Yeah, you know, uh, you know, that's a huge credit to our defensive staff. Um, you know, Coach Hanson had a great game plan going in, we thought, and um, some guys weren't getting to the spots that they needed to get to, uh, and that's kind of what he spent the halftime on is, is, is to get our edge guys because we felt like we hadn't seen a lot of guys send edge pressure on them. Um, you know, and, and where the ball was bouncing in the film, we felt like our linebackers on the edge had a really good advantage. And, uh, you know, we hit them on a couple sacks that were really big. And then obviously the drive of the game was that first drive of the third quarter. They were on the inside the five yard line to make it a seven point game, um, or you know, to actually tie the game. And, you know, that's when our defense stopped them on four straight plays and then Terrence scored on the 93 yard or two plays after that. So, that kind of swung the game back on our side and, um, you know, got them out of their game plan a little bit, which is what Coach Hanson wanted to do. Um, he wanted to try to get them to have to throw it a little bit, and that's what happened in that third quarter. And right, our guys, you know, Jack Baird made a big pick as well. So, um, you know, that was a huge quarter for us was that third quarter. Well, tell me this. Uh,
1: you've had some years where you guys have been dominant all the way through. Um, you had, and this this year was a little more – you had to grind your way through. You you started off really well. Uh, you had a couple losses in there and and um, some tough games in the playoffs. And you know you talk about uh, the Eudora team was a one score game. Um, you kind of kind of took care of Aquinas. Kind of pulled away from Aquinas in that game, but uh, and then had a, a really good opponent in the state championship game. Do those just give you more gray hair, or or does it, or, or does it make you appreciate <laughs> just the grind to get there? I mean, Yeah, the
6: hair is taking care of itself. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it definitely makes you appreciate what these kids are able to accomplish, um, you know, especially being 10 and 12 the last two years, you know, five and seven last year is our first losing season since Coach Grenard's first year as head coach in 2006. So we weren't exactly sure how our team was going to respond to that. Um, we challenged them in the offseason. And, and then to go through the schedule we had to go through, we felt like our first month of the season was vital to the rest of the success of the season, and we finished 4-0. Um, and that gave us the whole confidence we needed going on to the next run and then, you know, had that tough loss, uh, you know, the first time after giving up a 21-point lead and, you know, played well the next week and then lost to Northwest the week after that. So 6-2 and and, you know, felt pretty good about going into the playoffs, but then knowing the run we were going to have to make and the teams we were going to have to beat Um, you know, in the style of play, a lot of those teams were running teams and, um, you know, we had to shore up some things there and our guys kind of stayed the course with that. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, played the best 24 minutes of football in that second half of the state game and really got us over the top during that game.
2: Coach, I had an opportunity to see you guys play twice and I came away both times extremely impressed by Mac Armstrong. And I, I just have to ask you a question. Did he exceed the expectations that you had for him back in the summer and early spring as he went through this season
6: yeah you, you know i mean I, I, I remember i told him the story uh that the tuesday after we lost last year i brought him into our coach's office and put his stats up on the board of the year you know, it was 2600 yards 26 touchdowns uh eight picks and today hey, here's your expectation for next year you got to exceed these numbers um, you know, and, and that was all off season. We held that on him and said, hey, you got a lot of guys returning. Um, this team is yours. Here's what you can do with it. And he exceeded those numbers, I think week eight, um, you know, and, and kind of when he looked at it, he's like, oh, man. And then he felt like now he had the confidence to do it because a lot of these games, we put a lot of the pressure on him with the game plan where he had to make different reads, um, you know, and 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 get the ball out. But You know, guys like Isaiah Coppedge, Dagan Jensen, Taron Jackson, Tommy Wright, Hollis Moeller, Dre Beasley, David Garcia. Those guys make things a little easier when you got guys that can do things with the ball in their hand. Um, But he obviously was a trigger man that had to get it to the right places.
1: And he's a finalist for the Fontana as we record this. It has not been announced, and it'll be on the website before it's announced. It'll be on our website on Thursday morning um, if you're listening to it on the website Uh, If you're listening to it on Friday, (laughs) you'll you'll know who won. But one of the awards has been handed out. A couple of them have already. Uh, And you have a winner in Isaiah Coppage winning the Taylor Award in a group of a final four of Josh Manning is going to Mizzou. Um, Jaden Riddell, who knows where he's going. He's still got another year and everybody's talking to him. I think he was in Alabama on Monday night (laughs) talking to Nick Saban. And then, of course, Lorenzo Fenner, who is an outstanding talent. Uh, What's that say about the the season he had and, and the numbers that he put up this year?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think it says a lot, especially with the schedule we had to play, um, you know, and as the, as the season went along, defenses started really to get uh, zone in on him and, and, and try to take him away. And I think the best thing about Zay is, you know, his attitude never changed. Um, you know, there'd be a game he had 10 catches and then the next day he might have had four or five catches, but he knew we were doing the things to try to get him the ball um you know and that's what was so good he was able to handle a lot you know a lot of checks and a lot of adjustments and you know late in the year we were moving him all over the place because we had to do that because defenses were doing such a great job trying to take him away um you know but he he worked extremely hard in the offseason um you know could not be more proud I know when I met with him uh in the offseason last year winning that award was one of his goals um you know so to be able to you know see him and tell him you know after he won it was it was it was just awesome to see that because i know that's one thing he definitely wanted
1: yeah it's a it's a we knew it was going to be a good year for receivers coming in and for him to kind of rise to the top of that uh, amongst a very good group even the ones that uh uh didn't uh make the finalists and uh you know in fact i'll be honest with you the, the kid for Shawnee Mission south made the semifinals. He had great numbers, but one of his numbers was he actually put up a touchdown on Mill Valley, and we figured out that there aren't that many people who had done that this year. <laughs> but that just shows how the depth of receiver, and congratulations to Isaiah. Well, Coach, it's been a fantastic season. We appreciate all the time you've been able to give us, uh, and uh, congratulations on another title, and we'll be talking again soon.
6: Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate everything you guys do, and you know, always, always do a great job with it and make sure our kids get everything that they need.
1: All right, that is Bishop Meage coach John Holmes, and he is a 4A state champion once again. All right, we come back, we will talk with Mill Valley coach Joel Appleby about his 5A state championship. You're listening to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. Then
2: sleep somewhere else tonight, night Going back to
4: Kansas City When you're looking for a real estate agent, you want someone who has all the knowledge, has the right tools, dots all the I's. Someone good enough to throw a no-hitter. Hi, it's Brett Saberhagen for RE-MAX. You need an agent who has all the answers, understands the numbers, and sees all the possibilities. When you're looking for an agent who knows all their stuff, from for sale to sold, my pick is RE-MAX. And relax, they've done it a million times. Start your search today with the RE-MAX app, each office independently owned and operated.
7: Just like there are right handers and left handers, night owls, and early birds. There are those who prefer to shop in store and those who don't. No matter how you like to shop, Price Chopper is here to help. We make it easy to get groceries any way you want, in store, at your door, or for pickup. Order online today at mypricechopper.com for pickup or delivery. For freshness, selection, and low prices, Kansas City knows. Price Chopper
1: Hey, it's Derek Johnson, and I'm pumped up both for football season and school season. Sheet Metal Workers Local Number 2 want to make this your best school year ever, so they're awarding a $15,000 Facilities Enrichment Grant. Parents, teachers, and students can submit nominations at HelpMyMocanSchool.com with a winner selected October 21st. Make this the best school season ever and get your nominations to HelpMyMocanSchool.com. Proudly powered by Sheet Metal Workers Local Number 2. Welcome back to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. I'm your host, Dion Clisso, joined as always by the coach, Harold Wamsgons. And a program like this wouldn't be possible without a great partner like the McCarthy Auto Group. Every year, they give $23,000 scholarships through the Greater Kansas City Football Coaches Association Scholar Athlete Program to help those students attend the school of their choice. Also, the presenting sponsor of the Simone Awards that we've been talking about all week long. Um, And then the Simone Awards ceremony, which will be next Tuesday at the Winners High School and they are the sponsor of a $5,000 scholarship through them. Uh, They do a lot of things, Redell Insight technology for schools. Uh, They have their hands in a lot of stuff, and we appreciate everything they do for high school football. All right, let's go ahead and get back into football and bring in a coach from a state championship winner, Joel Appleby. This is our four-year running conversation we've had uh, after Thanksgiving, and um, I didn't expect a carbon copy score of 28 to 14 uh, from last year with Mays, but – a a fun game to watch your defense played great your offense made some big plays uh in the end you guys got maze again and and does it sink in does four in a row ever sink in or is it just we want another one we go we got to go back to work the next day
8: well you know like we i think we've talked about throughout the season i mean we really wanted to enjoy this you know and then you know obviously then let the kids reflect but we you know that day obviously we weren't talking about you know four in a row we we just wanted to enjoy the the season that you know we just finished you know and and all the co- accomplishments the senior class has made and and uh but there's no doubt I mean I hope they reflect back on you know the last four years and what they've accomplished and what they've been a part of and and uh you know it says a lot about their character says a lot about their work ethic um you know it's just a tremendous accomplishment so um yeah I, I mean obviously you want to sit back and reflect but you know and then in the end they really enjoy the season and then uh you know start looking forward to next year too as well
2: Coach, offensively in the game, what do you feel like you did the best, particularly early in the game?
8: Well, I thought we really, especially early in the game, um, I really felt like we established a run right away. You know, I think it was the uh, second drive, if I remember right, that we scored on and and, um, really felt like, you know, we established what we wanted to do. Um, You know, they were giving Mm -hmm. us so many different looks, you know, up front, up front, defensively, um, so many different looks in their secondary as well, too. And so... It took us a little bit to adjust, but I thought our kids adjusted very, very well, you know, and especially on that second drive and just really established the things we wanted to do.
1: And once you established that run game there in the second quarter, you were able to hit some uh, big plays in the pass game and, and really caught them, you know, maybe staring into the backfield trying to find that running back. Uh, and then you yeah. exploded right there at the end of the half.
8: Yeah, there's no doubt that, that was huge. Um, you know, they were, like I said, they were giving us so many different looks, you know, they would sometimes mm-hmm. put their safeties five yards off the ball, you know, and, and, uh, and and so, you know, we really felt like we could hit him over the top, you know, with the pass game. um You know, the very first uh, long pass play that, that Hayden hit Preston Oliver on, um you know, Preston re- really ran a nice route and uh, it was one of those where their safeties were down low, you know, and so we ran a little out route with it and kind of, you know, um, caught the safety's attention and, re- and then hit Preston over the top. And so, um, you know, I thought Hayden played extremely well. um You know, he had a – you know, obviously – you know, high expectations coming into the year, probably didn't have the year statistically he wanted to have, you know, but again, the type of player he is, type of character he has, you know, I mean, it's just uh, 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 for a lot of reasons, not necessarily his fault, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe because he was out in the second half or maybe we didn't need to throw the ball. Um, But really, you know, when it counted, he made plays, and, and he definitely made plays in that game.
1: Defensively, um, I joked with uh, Ryan Wallace, I said, I said this Avery Johnson guy doesn't look look that good for a quarter. You guys held him pretty much in check, and I mean, just really, and that's a that's saying something for a guy that's that that talented. And he showed that talent throughout the game and, and really kept them in it. Um, your your guys did had done such a great job all season long. The playoff run was was crazy uh, with the, with the shutouts, and then only giving up fourteen points to a maze offense that seemed like they were scoring forty or fifty. That first quarter, especially the focus of your guys to come out right from the beginning and try not necessarily send a message, but establish what the day was going to be like.
8: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you know, obviously we wanted to establish up front right away, you know, with our, you know, physical play up front, um, really felt like we could, we kind of did that all year, you know, with that group, the front four, you know, and, uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, Avery Johnson's a special player. I mean, he's probably one of the best I've ever seen. Um, he's a once in a lifetime type kid, you know, and, he's going to go on and do outstanding things. But uh, at the same time, too, I felt I felt like our game plan, we really kind of tried to confuse him as much as we could, you know, and uh, with just different looks and, you know, different blitz packages and things like that. And really felt like our defense staff did an outstanding job of, of developing that game plan. And then our kids really obviously uh, executed it very, very well. And so uh, it was really fun to see, really very, very rewarding, you know, for that uh, senior-laden uh, defense to really play well in that game.
2: Coach, when you look at your two deep front four, how many of those guys will return in
8: 2023? Uh, we have two coming back of the four um, of, up front. And then uh, really, uh, I think we started three underclassmen, you know, in that game on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, two of them, though, will be on the defensive line, uh, Jaden Woods and Truman Griffith, which were two key guys and two very, very good players. So um, that will be a good, you know, core to start with, you know, up front. And then uh, we'll have to replace some others. But uh um, I have no doubt that uh that the kids will step up for sure come coming in next season.
1: What is what is have you talked to the seniors who now walk out of door um after walking in as freshmen and and know nothing but winning state championship? Have you have you kind of had like a, a just a session of like what's that feel like? I mean, what I mean, they've gotta have just some unique feeling. I mean, it's it's not an easy thing to do. And there's there's not a lot of football players walking around uh who's who could say that they did it
8: yeah no we haven't had time to do that yet we will um you know we're gonna have some meetings coming up here soon you know with the seniors and then obviously with the whole team too but um you know that is that is very special things and like you said i i think sometimes people don't realize how hard that is you know and how hard it, it is to win a state championship um you know and I, but it really goes back on the kids and you know and their work ethic you know here and um The fact that they, for four years, I mean, we looked at it the other day, we were just kind of reflecting a little bit and, uh, you know, the coach staff and I, and and we were talking about how we basically played six seasons and four seasons, you know, and, uh, you know, the fact that they were able to keep the discipline, uh, you know, keep their focus, you know, and do the things that they did. And really the wear and tear. And that really comes from, you know, their work in the weight room, you know, and, and being able to stay healthy. Um, you know, that there's a lot there's so much that they've accomplished that they can look back on, they can take on, hopefully, you know, later in life and really draw draw from, you know, and that, that's that that and ultimately that's what it's all about, you know. And so I'm um, very happy for them and uh you know it's a special group, you know, they've they've uh, they've definitely accomplished a lot.
2: Coach, your biggest challenge is gonna be convince those juniors that they have the opportunity to do the very same thing as this year's seniors did, right? <laughs> yeah. You just have to give your same speech
8: yeah no no doubt. Um, you know, but that's something we we talk about with them consistently, and you know, not only you know starting now, but we you know we've talked to them about since they've been freshmen, you know and each class we kind of you know sit down with and uh, and we talk to them about goals and you know, what they want to accomplish and what they can learn from you know each senior class is leading them and and really apply that then you know as they head into their senior year, you know so um, you know I, I have no doubt you know this is a this is a, a great group. You know that that really, uh, um, you know, a good good group of juniors, good group of sophomores, good group of freshmen. You know, I mean, they've they've really bought in. Now the key is they got to continue to stay stay bought in. You know, to that and and uh, really continue with the hard work ethic.
1: Well, and 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 one of the, th- the shout outs I would give to your defense, uh, just as a little window into, I don't know if we talked about this last week, uh, the the Simone ballot came out and and we've already handed out a few awards and um, there was a receiver who made the list. And one of the things that pushed him over the top was that he scored a touchdown against you guys. <laughs> and and that, that impressed the room because we were uh, – Mick Schaefer and I were trying to do the math on how many individuals were rolling around town uh, that yeah. have scored touchdowns against you guys. Yeah. I think the number is under three or four. So. <laughs> so
8: yeah. So that's yeah. – I mean – Well, well, it's, you know, it's a, it says a lot about the defense. It really does. And, again, it says a lot about that senior leadership. And, and you know, I, I've said this, and I'm not one to, to boast or to, uh, you know, but I'll tell you what, uh, I don't remember a defense like this in a long, long time, you know, um, that accomplished what they accomplished. Um, and really, collectively, they played so well as a unit. You know, everybody everybody on that unit you know, had a role. I mean, we had role players coming in, doing a great job. Um, you know, we had, you know, obviously everybody understood their job and, and what their role was, and and they played it to their best ability, you know, and and, uh, and buying into that you know, says a lot about teenagers, you know, in itself (laughs) and and not wanting all the glory themselves. And, and uh, you know, and sometimes that kind of takes away maybe from that glory that they may get individually. But, you know, I think in the end, um, you know, winning four state championships is a pretty special thing, and that's what they're going to remember the most anyway, you know. And so, uh, you know, I'm proud of them for that, for sure.
1: Well, Coach, congratulations on another title, and uh, we'll be chatting with you again in the offseason and again next year.
8: All right, well, thank you, guys. I appreciate all your coverage this year. It's been great. Thank you.
1: All right, that's Mill Valley Coach Joel Appleby. He's won four straight 5A titles. we come back, we're going to talk with GoPowerCat.com's Ryan Wallace. You're listening to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group.
7: Just like there are right handers and left handers, night owls, and early birds. There are those who prefer to shop in store and those who don't. No matter how you like to shop, Price Chopper is here to help. We make it easy to get groceries any way you want, in store, at your door, or for pickup. Order online today at mypricechopper.com for pickup or delivery. For freshness, selection, and low prices, Kansas City knows. Price Chopper.
4: Like baseball, real estate is a numbers game, and you need an agent that understands the numbers. Numbers like Two Cy Youngs the 1985 championship MVP, and throwing a no-hitter. Hi, it's Brett Saberhagen for REMAX. REMAX agents have all the experience and the knowledge to take you from for sale to sold. They understand the numbers and can help you through the process. Relax, they've done it a million times. It's why no one in the world sells more real estate. Start your search today with the REMAX app, each office independently owned and operated. Hey,
5: Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs.
1: Welcome back to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group. I'm your host, Dion Claso joined as always by the coach, Carol Wamsgons, and we are still here in the Preps KC studio, powered by Xfinity Internet, kind of a reliable connection for all your devices, even when everyone's online. Now we bring in GoPowerCat.com's Ryan Wallace, who is uh, fresh off of a K-State win and preparing for the Big 12 Championship and... Uh, uh, I know that's your that's your main main interest these days uh, as high school football is winding down, but we had our state championships on the Kansas side last week, and I think we all thought Bishop Miege would win. I think we all thought Mill Valley would win. I felt like Gardner had a really good chance, and for two and a half quarters, I thought they were going to get Manhattan. I think I texted you something along the lines of Manhattan is a fraud <laughs> uh, because Gardner looked so good, and they were still making mistakes. They put the ball on the ground three times in the first half. Uh, we'll just start there, Ryan. And I don't know how much you got to watch of that game because I, I watched a lot of it, almost most of it. Um, in fact, had to get off Twitter because my feed was a little behind Twitter and I wanted to watch the overtimes mm-hmm, and be mm-hmm. and be in the moment. Um, but what a performance by Gardner. They just dominated the first half of that game and should have been up a, a lot more than they were.
9: Well, I mean, again, it's it's something that we've talked about here throughout the course of the season of just, uh, I think the lack of appreciation for what Gardner is. And I was getting some text messages from, um, some former colleagues of mine, uh, when, when I used to cover Manhattan high and Joe Shartz's first season, uh, that were either at the game or were watching it like you online. And, and, um, they were really impressed by Gardner's size, really yeah. impressed by Gardner's physicality, the athleticism. Um, again, I, I think they were one of those teams that didn't doesn't really wow you statistically you know weren't a top what you know they, they weren't at the top of the sunflower league weren't even second in the sunflower league i think again they got overlooked a lot um even as far into the six eight bracket as the finals and it took you know two overtimes for an undefeated manhattan team that again i've talked about time and time again just how united and and good of a core Manhattan has and again it took them six quarters essentially to beat Gardner Edgerton I'm really interested to see what this Trailblazer team can do next year because they do have a number of you know key assets returning Um, do they get the better of Mill Valley probably not Um, (laughs) you know as far as winning the Sunflower League but you know if if you're looking at, at teams that you know, could be back. Dion, I'll throw it back to you by saying this would not shock me in the least. In fact, maybe if I'm a betting man, go ahead and just put money on it, that you would see these three teams back on the east side of the bracket. Once again, I think, I think Aquinas has, has a, a good chance again, maybe to to test Miege next year with what uh, the Saints have returning. Um, but gosh, all three of these state champions look ready to go again in 2023.
2: I have a question for both of you. I did not have this opportunity to see Manhattan and Gardner. Were the fumbles created by Manhattan or were they (laughs) self-inflicted? I I didn't, I know they had six fumbles and three, they lost three of them, but was it, was it created by Manhattan or was
1: it created by their own doing? Um, I think maybe one was created by Manhattan. There was one where a kid ran around the end and was in space by himself and dropped the ball. Uh, I, I, that's the only thing I could say. And I, you, you you can't really use that excuse because Manhattan hadn't, hadn't been there before. Um, but there was some times where they the ball just came out. And you know, there's mesh points on that offense, and there's always a possibility for those kind of things to happen. You can, I don't care how good of a flex bone team you are, you can have a bad day. It just mm-hmm. happens with that offense. There's so much movement in there. Um, but yeah, there was a couple where they were kind of wide open, just you know, maybe switching hands. Or doing something, and, and there was one where the, the the kid was in the in in space around the end into the second level, and the ball just came out. Um. So and and also they were unlucky in the sense that there was there were guys around and they didn't recover. They they fumbled it five times, and only recovered one. I, that I mean, a lot of times that's your odds even out, and they didn't in that. And that's the the frustrating. I'm sure the frustrating thing for Coach Owen, but I think you're right though. I think the thing that that to me says future success is their size and the way that they're doing things in the weight room there at Gardner. You know, Gardner always had good size and we know what Jesse Owen does in the weight room. And that's his thing. Um, I think that, Ryan, I think that they could be in a spot where that one school town, man, that's a, that's a spot where you can start breeding a lot of success. I mean, Marvin Deener did it when he came over there and they had Bubba. And then the kids, the few the two classes after Bubba and even Ryan Cornelson had some, some good runs there too. So it's there for the taking,
9: yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it, you you talk about the the one town school. um look at what Derby's done in six a for years. And, and the rumors that we've heard about with Derby of not wanting to add a second school because we all know if you look at the numbers of for <laughs> enrollment, uh they, they could easily probably it'd be smart, behoove Five them four. to to, yeah. to have a Derby South or a Derby West or whatever. But they understand what that means to the you know athletics, and they've watched it happen, you know, in the Blue Valley School District, Shawnee Mission, Olathe, you name it. Um, Gardner has a chance to uh, to kind of follow the, the the Derby footsteps a little bit and just become their own town power.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Let's go ahead and move on to five A. Speaking of power, um, <laughs> they did give up a touchdown. They gave up two. It's the exact same score from last year's game, and. I will admit, watching the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half of that, I was beginning to wonder if the hype around your future star quarterback at K-State was the, just that hype. But I think that that was the Mill Valley defense <laughs>
6: <Right>. <laughs> playing
1: playing at a high level. And the fact that he, he got that offense to a point where they put up 14 points on that defense is a lot about him. Also, when they tied it up at seven, I think it was. It seemed to piss off the Mill Valley offense because they started going big, big play hunting and hit two big plays there right before the half and made it 21-7. And, and really, you know, for the moment that that game looked close, it was just about that. It was about a minute. <laughs> and then Mill Valley pulled away. Uh, I, I was impressed with Mays. Uh, the, their defense specifically, too, was pretty good. A uh, team that had given up some points during the season. But Mill Valley just, they they looked more dominant this time than they have, I think, in most of their other state championship games. I mean, I think they were just, you knew they were going to win for basically the opening kick.
9: Well, and I, I think with, with Mays, uh, Mill Valley is just like the, they're the kryptonite for them. And, and I don't just mean that in a sense of um, how good they are and gosh, we have to play these, why are these guys in five a and da da da. <laughs> but I just think matchup wise, it's a nightmare for um for Avery Johnson because he can't do a lot on the ground because you have some ridiculous athletes along the <laughs> line of scrimmage. Um, you know, Jaden Woods, first and foremost, who at his size can actually go step for step with Avery Johnson, which <laughs> is mind-boggling. But more importantly, I talked about it all year. That secondary is so active. They're so good in coverage and in run support that you can literally, and, and Joel Appleby talked to me a little bit about it after Substate they felt confident in putting Mikey Bergeron on Justin Stevens man-to-man. You can put, you know, Dylan Massey on uh, a Bryce Cahoon or shade him over man-for-man. Zygmunt over here, man-to-man. And just kind of let your front seven contain. And it, it it doesn't allow Mays to do anything with that passing offense. Therefore, it doesn't allow them to open up their rushing offense. Um, and so, again, just... Just unfortunate for for Maze for Avery Johnson uh, to to get there two years in a row. Ask Wichita Northwest about that. <laughs> um, but that's Mill Valley guys.
1: Yeah, they they were oh so impressive in that game. And and I'm just I don't know. I'm just I, I'm in I'm in all of what they've done, uh, what they continue to do. Um, the word is that the, the sophomores and juniors may be the best group that they have.
9: <laughs> guys, guys, I, I'm going to let the out of the bag here a minute. Uh, you know, Coach Appleby might get mad at me, you know, for saying this. I might get a text, but um, it, privately, I've heard that um, their freshmen and sophomores have been so good, guys, that essentially, when they were going through the bracket play, preparing for this 5A state tournament, the scout team which typically in high school coach, you can correct me if I'm wrong, would be kind of your JV guys. It's been freshmen and sophomores (laughs) that have been running the scout team against this varsity uh, because they're that good. They're that advanced. This program is not going anywhere. We've seen Derby, you know, kind of falter a little bit. They're still very good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just going to throw it out there. and, And, you know, not to tick off the folks down at Andale, Um, And the run that they've made these last several years, but Mill Valley is the cream of the crop, regardless of classification right now.
2: You know what I think the biggest problem of being an opponent of Mill Valley would be the fact that you don't see two or three people on your schedule that are even close to them. You, you may play one team during the regular season or during the season that is as good as them, but not two or three. And you have to play those great against two or three great people if you're going to compete against Mill Valley at any point.
9: And how rested they are, Dion. Happens every year. I mean, yeah. they can they can afford to not play starters for, you know, entire halves
1: if they don't want to come November. That's crazy. Uh, unless you're Shawnee Mission East and you didn't want to move a JV game and you get crushed because of it because they can't play their backups because they'd have too many quarters. Uh, also, you have to put a dollar in the swear jar for saying that, the S word, talking about <laughs> semifinals. We don't use that word here. Um, one more before we let you go here. Uh Bishop Miege we talked with Coach Holmes earlier as well, too. And um and you and I have kind of texted back and forth. I am I'm impressed with what Miege did because Wamigo is a good football program, is on the rise. And that and that what they had to go through this year to get to that state championship. The only team they didn't play, I think, that was a top-notch team was St. James because Aquinas took them out. Um they had to beat Eudora. They had to beat a Piper team that beat Chinook the week before. They had to beat Aquinas after losing to them. And then they get a Wemigo team that's two-platooning, got a quarterback going to Army, and it's scoreless and, and close in the first half and stop a drive there at the beginning of the second half that would have tied it and then kind of go from there. Uh, that This is a complete Bishop Meage team that probably had the most, most – t- or the toughest road to get where they're at.
9: Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed. And, and I think it goes back when I saw Bishop Miege against Rockhurst this year. Uh, that defense didn't get enough credit. We all talk about, you know, the 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 offense that Coach Holmes can throw out there. And obviously, you know, you've got Armstrong and Coppage. Um, they can put up points. But uh, this defense, to me, is what really kind of carried them uh, when they needed it, when they needed to lean on that defense. This was a year where Miege could do that. So many good athletes on the defensive side of the ball, um, solid at the line of scrimmage, really impressive. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth because I was going to hammer away at at the run that they made, the the teams that they had to beat to get there. Uh, But even back in the regular season, um, the way that they overcame adversity, you know, against Aquinas in October, um, the way that, you know, they were able to you know handle a rockers trying to push a comeback there uh this was a really this is a, a team in a year that I think Miage can really hand the, hang their hat on because they they earned this one flat out
1: yeah no doubt i think that they'll they'll definitely have fond memories of that and 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 we i think we've discussed if a multiplier goes through and those three those three catholics move up i think Lamigo might be the t- might be the andale <laughs> yeah 40. uh they what their coach weston moody's a, you know really enjoyed talking to him last week and um that's a good team and i and they they definitely had me asia's respect we, when you hear J- coach holmes talk about it and uh they enjoy they said it, it was he even said I, I that was a telling statement he goes we played in the state championship game where the other team didn't want to be there and, de- and didn't want to play him he goes they wanted to play us they were ready to go <laughs> and that's good that's what that's the way it should be so well ryan we will have our season wrap up next week and we will talk to you then All right. Sounds good, guys. All right. That is gopowercat.com's Ryan Wallace. When we come back, we will jump across the state line and preview the last two games of the season on the Missouri side with the Class 1 and Class 5 state championships. You're listen to Preps KC's Football Friday Night, driven by the McCarthy Auto Group.
4: Hi, it's Brett Saberhagen, and I'm proud of my baseball career. I've been very fortunate to receive many accolades, including being named to the all-star team three times. When you need to sell a home, you want the best. That's the RE-MAX agent. Real estate all-stars that put in the time, have the dedication, and hustle to take you from for sale to sold. That's RE-MAX. And don't worry, they've done this a million times. Start your search today with the RE-MAX app. Each office independently owned and operated.
8: As you're driving today, look around you. The roads and bridges, the
7: high-rises, the stadiums, the performing arts center? Who built them? The highly skilled men and women at the Kansas City Building and Construction Trades. Are you looking to get into a hands-on profession that pays for excellence? Train to be the best. Click on a new career
8: today at bunion.com. That's
4: B-E-Y-O-U-N-I-O-N.com.
7: Just like there are right handers and left handers, night owls and early birds. There are those who prefer to shop in store and those who don't. No matter how you like to shop, Price Chopper is here to help. We make it easy to get groceries any way you want. In store, at your door, or for pickup. Order online today at mypricechopper.com for pickup or delivery. For freshness, selection, and low prices, Kansas City knows. Price Chopper.